This is the Hidden Why podcast, episode 666, with Tom O'Brien. Fix your brain and improve your autoimmune health. Enjoy. G'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Hidden Why podcast. Today is a very inspirational podcast, an inspirational interview that I did with Tom O'Brien. But before we get into that, just a quick update on my book, guys, The Ultimate Life Map. It is just been sent to the editors. It has just been sent to the editors to get cleaned up. It will be published, guys. It has been a longer journey than I expected, but I'll get it out there. That is my goal. So hopefully uh, early next year, you'll see uh, that being released as well. So I'll keep you informed if you are not yet subscribed to my podcast, do subscribe because that's probably the first place you'll hear about it. Uh, other than that, guys, today's episode is with Tom O'Brien. He is the author of uh, a new book called You Can Fix Your Brain. Just one hour a week to the best memory, productivity and sleep you've ever had. Sounds like a bold claim, guys, but uh, we do get there and it's actually not that bold at all. It's actually quite simple. Um, it's a little bit clever in its title. But look, man, what an interesting conversation. Man, are we are we muscles and skeletons and, and body on bacteria or are we bacteria with body and muscles? It's uh, interesting. It's really fascinating, guys. I love this episode. It's all about health. So um, some things that we overlook and certainly got me thinking about some of the things that I do and consume and, and the toxicity in my life as well. Hope you get some benefit from it, guys. Let me know what you think. Jump on to thehiddenwhy.com and connect with me there. Connect with Tom O'Brien as well. Enjoy. G'day, Dr. O'Brien. How are you going? Welcome to the Hidden Wire podcast. Well, thank you so much. Uh, uh, lovely to be with you. Thank you. Is it Dr. O'Brien, Dr. Tom? Dr. Tom is good, yes. Dr. Tom, okay. Well, thanks for uh, tuning in, mate, and um, yeah, checking out the uh, podcast and coming on the show. Looking forward to discussing uh, a couple of your books. Um, you've just released a new one, You Can Fix Your Brain. You've also got another one, which was The Autoimmune Fix, and I believe that did quite well in the marketplace as well. Um, certainly helping a lot of people improve their health, and um, that's one element I know that is fundamental if you want to live a, a happy life, you know, a free and happy, uh, fulfilled life. So, uh, yeah, looking to looking forward to discussing the topic of health. Um, but first of all, uh, Dr. Tom, just give us a little bit of a background to, you know, where, where you've come from, what you've done, and um, yeah, perhaps some of your achievements. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Um, I have two two adult children. I think that's my greatest achievement. That's a pretty good these, achievement. Yeah. The, these beautiful beings in the world, and have a granddaughter now, two years old, and yeah. Uh, I did a Facebook Live last night, and my daughter typed a comment and said, Hi, Dad, we're here watching. And so my little two-year-old granddaughter, uh, when I see her, which is not that often, but I, I'm always the same, Hi, Mia. Hi, honey. And so I did that on Facebook Live uh, with a few thousand people watching. And I got this beautiful text of uh, my daughter taking a picture of my granddaughter watching this and laughing and waving to the uh, computer screen, <laughs> watching Facebook Live to say hello to me. <laughs> so that 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 was a great achievement. That was uh, something that I'll remember. <laughs> You've done, you done well. What was the Facebook Live all about? Um, I do a Facebook Live every Tuesday afternoon at uh, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's on different topics. And uh, oh, I've done them on 
um, the hidden dangers of tattoos or uh, why aluminum foil is dangerous to use. And it's because it breaks down microscopically and the aluminum gets into the food that you're, you're cooking or baking with. And, and of course, there's a number of studies on aluminum and its association with Alzheimer's and Ooh. brain dysfunction. And so um, there are startling topics usually, but uh, things that um, uh, people need to hear. And uh, uh, I, I have a common comment that I make these days um, on stage and I lecture uh, all over the world on uh, uh, autoimmunity and the dangers of uh, uh, the autoimmune mechanism and why that topic is because most every degenerative disease, every degenerative disease, whether it's heart disease or cancer or diabetes or multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid, arthritis, uh, uh, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, they're all diseases of an activated immune system, an autoimmune mechanism. They all are. Hmm. And when when we understand that our immune system has not gone haywire, that it's active trying to protect us, then the question is, what's it trying to protect you from? And when we learn what our immune system is trying to protect us from, it changes the um, scope of how we look at our lives and how we treat the world around us. And the uh, many of us now are indifferent to some of the, the environmental things that are happening. But when we understand that the Journal of Pediatrics published a paper, and this was for the United States, but it's true in other parts of the world. I just don't know the numbers in other parts of the world. But in the United States, 250 pounds of toxic chemicals per person per day are being dumped in the United States. 250 pounds per person per day. 250 Every pounds of toxic waste. Of toxic waste every single day. Uh, uh, and that, and the impact factor of that is every newborn child that they check now, their bloodstreams at birth, there's on average 180 toxic chemicals in their bloodstream at birth that are not supposed to be there. And many of them are neurotoxins. So there's not just two or three toxic chemicals that we're being exposed to, 180 and these, uh, no one knows the accumulative effect of this, and no studies have been done on the impact factor of when two or three or five or 10 or 25 of these chemicals are in the bloodstream. Is the impact factor greater than one of them alone? So does one plus one equal three? And a mm. lot of scientists say, yes, absolutely. Oh, I get you. One plus yep. one equals three. And so the result is our immune systems are trying to protect us from all of this mess that we're exposed to now yeah. that we've ne never been exposed to before in history. And the scope of the problem is one. And, you know, it's important to understand the scope, not because of the uh, fear factor or the helplessness factor, but the empowerment or motivation factor. Because when you understand this, then you understand, well, what do I do about this? How do I protect myself and my children? And when you start thinking like that, you start to change the way you live your lives. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. For, you know and that's critically important. So, Well, at first it's information, information and awareness. I guess awareness comes from, you know, understanding the information, which is why, you know, like yourself doing the Facebook Lives is obviously a popular 
a popular channel. Just quickly on that, how do people um, find that? Is it is it a certain page? Is it um, the doctor? Oh, uh, it's the dr dot com. The doctor dot com. The doctor is our page. Go through there. Is our Connect. Facebook live page. Yes. Okay. Yes. Just just. Um, just backtrack a little bit. So the autoimmune system is is essentially a, a system that helps protect us from um, outside uh, environmental factors that you know, may infiltrate and um, damage our health. Is that correct? Like, how do you explain that? Is, that is correct. And the one that most people have heard of and didn't know that it's to pr- protect against an autoimmune mechanism is that when we go to the dentist, Many times the dentist wants to give you antibiotics Hmm. uh, before they work in your mouth. And why is that? Well, it's because when you're sitting in the chair and they start working your mouth and they squirt some water in to rinse out and you lean over and spit it out in the porcelain bowl and it's red or pink, some blood, they've just created leaky gums. If you've heard of leaky gut, uh, this is leaky gums. Hmm. Now they've broken the barrier that protects our bloodstream from the bacteria in our mouths. And we have hundreds of strains of bacteria in our mouths huh. that are, are not great for us, uh, not, not at all. And so what happens when uh, they work in our mouths and they have to cause some uh, leaky gum, some perforation of the barrier there, um, it's, it's inevitable when they're working in your mouth. If the bacteria streptococcus and we've all heard of strep infections. Many of our children or ourselves have had numerous strep infections. We've all got strep bacteria in our mouths. What's a strep infection? Uh, a streptococcus. It's a bacteria, hmm. and especially with children. Children get strep infections or streptococcus infections, sore throats that can get pretty nasty. Okay. Uh, and it's it's a common source of a of the need for a prescription for antibiotics is if you have a strep infection. Uh, so if the strep bacteria gets through the leaky gums into the bloodstream, and if it has a chance to multiply and become a threat, the immune system has to respond to this, and the body makes antibodies to streptococcus, to, to the bacteria. You make antibodies to strep. Yeah. Now, that's, that's a good thing, except that antibodies to bacteria and to different foods, but antibodies to bacteria can have a what's called a uh, molecular me- uh, mimicry mechanism, meaning the antibodies are looking for the strep to kill the strep, but the signature of the strep that the antibodies are recognizing in the bloodstream, that signature looks a lot like the signature of the valves of your heart. And so that the antibodies can begin attacking the valves of your heart. If that happens, oh. that's, called, that's called rheumatic fever. That doesn't sound too good. That, that can be fatal. And so to prevent that, it's so common that that happens. To prevent this, the, the dentists give you antibiotics so that if any bacteria, any strep bacteria gets through the leaky gums into the bloodstream, the antibiotics will take care of it and your immune system will not get activated to protect you. Right. That makes yeah, that makes a bit of sense. So tell us what, what um why is this bacteria in our mouth like if it's if it's you know potentially um, fatal? Uh, well, um, that's an end stretch to say it's fatal, but that's why um, the antibiotics are, are prescribed is to prevent that. Why is it in there? 
we have thousands and thousands of different types of bacteria in our uh, GI tract, our gastrointestinal tract, which goes from the mouth to the other end, to the yeah. anus. Yeah. Uh, and there's thousands of different types of bacteria. And most of them are, are good bacteria that are called probiotics, hmm. but some of them are not so good. And it's our exposure to all these pathogenic bacteria that can be in our food, um, in our water, or in our drinks uh, that uh, can cause a major problem. So, uh, it, so has that changed as we've evolved? Because I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit ignorant in this space, but um, they talk about dog's mouths and, and the bacteria in there as being, um, you know, quite uh, favorable. Um, I don't know if that's true or not either, but um, I've heard that often. Um, and I'm just wondering, is it, is it the bacteria in our mouth, like the bad bacteria, come through the way we're living our lives rather than just always being there? That's exactly right. Um, uh, bacteria have always been a part of our co-evolution together. Yeah. And it's what makes humans different than uh, an earthworm. You know, <laughs> that sounds silly, but an earthworm has almost the same number of genes as a human, almost 23,000 genes. Yeah. And, uh, but what makes us different, why humans run the planet, is because of the microbiome we have, the thousands and thousands and thousands of strains of bacteria in our bodies. Uh -huh. And all, all of this bacteria has their own genes. So the human genome is about 23,000 uh, genes, about that, whereas the microbiome, the genes of the microbiome, is a hundred times that. It's almost three million genes in the microbiome inside the human. Well, now, genes control function. And when genes control function, um, why is it that uh, uh, we aren't always sick? Uh, it's because the genes of our microbiome adapt. And the term is called epigenetics, hmm. around, around the genes. What happens around the human genes? And that's the action of the bacteria in our guts um, uh, and how the bacteria determine how we respond. You know, there's 10 times more cells of bacteria in our guts than all the cells in the body put together. 10 times more cells of the bacteria than all the human cells, the bone cells, muscle cells, brain cells, skin cells, add them all up. 10 times more bacteria, and that bacteria has over 100 times more genes. And well, so the question, the question that we often uh, ponder interesting. Um, after a conference, after a medical conference, usually it's after the second glass of wine in the evening, <laughs> where we start wondering, are we humans with a lot of bacteria? Or are we bacteria having a human experience? You know, who's running the ship here? And it's, it's the bacteria that are running the ship. Yeah, well, yeah, for, that's the for, case, 10 times by 100. Yeah, for every message from the brain going down telling the gut what to do, there are ten, nine, nine messages from the gut going up telling the brain what to do. The ratio is nine to one. And so all of our ner nerve hormones called neurotransmitters, all of our neurotransmitters are produced, the quantities are produced by direction from the microbiome in our gut. Hmm. So all of our brain hormones, and that determines whether we are anxious, whether we're depressed, 
whether we have enough uh, melatonin to go to sleep. Uh, um, it's completely controlled. Uh, the term is called modulated, which is hands on the steering wheel, that the bacteria in our gut have their hands on the steering wheel of how our brains function. Well. Wow. That, um, yeah, makes a lot of sense, strangely enough. <laughs> it's not too yeah, complicated yeah. to understand that. But, um, yeah, I, um, so I guess that's really important to understand what we're putting into our body um, if that's the case. Like that seems like the probably most critical place to start, but a lot of us aren't. I mean, a lot of us doing other things thinking, you know, maybe it's that I need to exercise more, which is not a bad thing either, but um, we often overlook, you know, what's going into our mouths in favor of you know, changing some of our environmental factors or behaviors. That's exactly right. You know, people can have the strongest uh, muscles and bones and be balanced. And so they're athletically fit and they can think they're the picture of health uh, because they have good muscle development and good muscle function. But that's only one system of the body. There are many systems, the nervous system, the cardiovascular system, the uh, uh, brain function that um, we know many, many people with Alzheimer's, unfortunately, they develop Alzheimer's, but they live a long time because their muscles are strong. You know, their, their, their musculoskeletal system is strong, but they forgot about their brain and they, they didn't know that their brain was being slowly destroyed cell by cell over the years. And that's really why we wrote the, I wrote the book, You Can Fix Your Brain, one hour a week to the best memory, productivity, and sleep you've ever had, is so that people understand how our brains work, and then most importantly, what do I do? How do I find out if my brain is working really well right now, or are there some underlying problems developing that I can address and slow down or reverse, and how do I do that? Yeah, typically, uh, what is it, sort of mid-age when people start to notice the effects, um, you know, from because it's a gradual thing, isn't it? I mean, a lot of us maybe don't even know, and, and, you know, it just slowly creeps up until it almost feels like it's too late. Oh, that's exactly right. Uh, but by the time you get symptoms, the underlying imbalance has been progressing, and it's gotten to the stage to where there's so much tissue damage that now the tissue can't function properly, and now you begin getting symptoms. Um, there's a really good study that really set the platform for all of this. Dr. Melissa Arbuckle is an MD, PhD. Um, and in 2002, she went to the VA, that's the Veterans Administration here in the United States. And she um, looked for people with lupus in the VA system. And in this one hospital, she found 132 people with lupus. So what is lupus? Can you define that? Yeah, th sorry. Uh, lupus is an autoimmune disease, systemic lupus erythematosus. Mm -hmm. And, and um, it can affect many, many different tissues of your body. So it can look differently uh, between different people that have it. Uh, but it causes a, a scarring, if you will, of your tissue. And your immune system is attacking and making your tissue really stiff and, and dysfunctional. So how does that the, show up in our life? Like, what does it look like? Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, if it affects your skin, um, you, you get uh, terrible rashes. And uh, if it affects your lungs, you get scars in your lungs and you can't breathe very well. If it affects your blood vessels, it restricts 
blood flow into different organs. If it affects your heart, uh, it becomes scarred, and over time it doesn't function very well. If it affects your brain, you get scarred in the brain, and <laughs> your brain will not function very well. But this goes on for right. years. Yeah. And what Dr. Arbuckle discovered, uh, she, she found 132 people with lupus in the VA, and if they're in the VA system, they're veterans. If they're veterans, they were in the armed forces. Hmm. If they were in the armed forces, they had their blood drawn many times over the years while they were in the armed forces, many times yeah. when they were health, healthy in the Navy or the Air Force. What most people don't know is that the government's been saving and freezing most of that blood since 1978. Oh, They've yeah. got tens, tens of millions of samples of our service people's blood. And so Dr. Arbuckle knew this, so she asked permission to go back and look at some of the frozen blood of the people currently diagnosed with this autoimmune disease, lupus. And she got permission, and what did she find? She found that all seven antibodies to lupus, there are seven, all seven of them were elevated, killing off tissue years before they ever had a symptom, years of this going on. And if they'd done a blood test, they would have seen Elevated antibodies, killing off tissue, killing off tissue, killing off tissue. Mm. <clears throat> Immunologists said, well, that's brilliant. Let's go back to the blood banks and look for people with psoriasis or with rheumatoid arthritis or with multiple sclerosis. And they started looking for, in the blood banks of people currently diagnosed with diseases from when they were healthy. Yep. And as a result of that, this whole world of predictive autoimmunity developed to where you can do blood tests now and see where is my immune system attacking my own tissue. Oh, yeah. now, now, once again, remember I said almost all degenerative diseases are autoimmune. So if you identify that you've got elevated antibodies to your thyroid, as an example, it's a 92% positive predictive value. You're going to get Hashimoto's thyroid disease within seven years. And they've worked out the numbers for many of the autoimmune diseases that if you have these elevated antibodies and you feel fine right now, here's how long you've got and what the average is of how long tissue is being killed off, killed off, killed off until you start getting symptoms and then eventually you get the diagnosis. So that world of predictive autoimmunity is what the book, The Autoimmune Fix, is all about. We explain it in detail in there so that people say, wow. That just makes sense. That just makes sense. How do I find out about that? So when you get a normal blood test, I mean, is that something that they regularly check or is that something you have to specifically say, look, what's my, um, what do you call it, uh, elevation of antibodies look like? And then how do you know what those antibodies are there for, like whether they're attacking your thyroids or tissue or, you know, whatever they're trying to protect? Yeah, it's a, a really good question. And, uh, uh, the, no, uh, the tests are available, but not many doctors know about it or not many doctors do it yeah. uh, beca uh, because people will feel fine. You know, they, they can be doing um, triathlons, very healthy physically. And that's what happened to me when I was uh, 44 years old. I was doing triathlons regularly and scoring in the top 10 percent of the 30 to 35 years old guys. So I thought, oh, I'm healthy. Yeah, I was proud of my performance, and uh, but I did this blood test, and it came back and it said I had elevated antibodies to three different tissues in my brain. 
I had elevated antibodies called myelin basic protein. That's what causes multiple sclerosis, is elevated antibodies to myelin. And I had antibodies elevated to cerebellum. That's why old people can't walk up and down the stairs with grace, and they have to hold the railing. You know, there's nothing wrong with their muscles. It's their brain communicating to the muscles. Yeah. Their, cere- their cerebellum that's being killed off little by little. And then I had elevated antibodies to gangliosides. And when those continue over the years, it causes non-Alzheimer's dementia because your brain shrinks over the years from cells being killed off. So I looked at this, and I was a healthy guy, and I called the lab. and I said, what is this? This is a mistake. And they said, no, no, it's not. I said, do it again. They said, we did. We know it's you. We did it again. Sorry, it's accurate. And that's when I learned that these underlying mechanisms are going on for years before you have any symptoms. And so you're killing off cells, in my case, killing off brain cells, killing off brain cells, killing off brain cells for years before there's any symptoms of walking into a room and forgetting why you walked into the room or where did I put my keys or any of those types of things that um, we say, oh, I'm getting older. My brain doesn't work the way it used to. Really? How old are you? Oh, I'm 38. No, that's not supposed to happen. There's something wrong. There's something wrong here. And so that's that's the world that Dr. Arbuckle was the first to publish on this. And after that, immunologists all over the world started looking at these antibodies. What was her name? Melissa Arbuckle. uh, I'm sorry to say that again. What's what's her name? Melissa Arbuckle? Yes, Melissa Arbuckle, A-R-B-U-C-K-L-E. And as a result of that, there are hundreds of studies now on predictive autoimmunity and identifying what's cooking inside of you right now. And there are blood tests that people can do to find out. And that's what the book, The Autoimmune Fix, is all about. All right. So would then, you just go to your, your GP and, and ask them for this sort of a blood test? Like, could I do it now and, and pick up on some of these, um, you know, see if I've got any elevated antibodies? And, and then, again, how do they, how do they determine where, it's, where, where they're being used that's a uh, really good question, makes a lot of sense, and it's extremely frustrating when you learn the answer, and that is your GPs don't know about this. Yeah. It's not taught in medical school. Yeah. This, is, this is more advanced, and this is not, yeah. uh, this is not uh, reimbursable by insurance. So if the insurance doesn't pay for it, the hospital is not going to do it. And uh, most doctors haven't learned about this world of predictive autoimmunity. But there are hundreds and hundreds of studies on this. And when you see it, it's just remarkable that all of this is going on. It's just remarkable. You say, well, I want to know what's going on in my body. I want to know what's there. Yeah, yeah, especially, you know, and the same concept is true in the new book, You Can Fix Your Brain. We talk about this is that there are blood, blood tests now that look for 18 different markers in your brain that say there's inflammation going on right now. And the, the test is called the neural zoomer, neural zoomer. And when you do the, the neural zoomer test and you see, wow, I've got elevated antibodies. Really? What does that mean again? What does that mean? For example, one of the ones that we look at is antibodies to herpes, the virus herpes simplex one. That's the cold sores that people get on their lips. And right now, Last time I checked, there were 246 different papers, medical papers written on the association between herpes and Alzheimer's. Hmm. 
that if you've got these elevated antibodies to herpes, it's very likely that they're causing inflammation in your brain. And that's the, and that's the mechanism by which you start making this stuff called beta amyloid that we think is a nasty, and it causes a plaque, beta amyloid plaque, and that's what happens in Alzheimer's. That's the mechanism of Alzheimer's. What does the plaque do? Does that block the neurotransmitters from talking to each other, or what, what does it do exactly, the plaque? Well, that's a really good question, and it, you know, it's outlined in the book in detail, and yep. it's really surprising when people learn that beta amyloid is really good for you. It's actually part of your immune system, it's an antibacterial, antiviral. So if something gets through, if a bacteria gets through um, the blood-brain barrier, um, it's like a cheesecloth that surrounds your brain, protecting you. And if bacteria that's in the bloodstream gets in, into the brain through the blood-brain barrier, your immune system acts, activates beta amyloid right away to kill that bacteria, to get it out of there. Right. And, then, and then the plaque is just the scar of the dead bacteria, if you will. And, and there's calcium that gets deposited around that dead bacteria so that in case there's the least little bit of life left in the bacteria or the virus, that um, the plaque, the calcium forms all around it so that it can't get out of there. It's trapped in there for the rest of its life. Mm -hmm. And that's beta, beta amyloid plaque. That's really healthy for us. It's necessary for us. The problem is that we keep having tears in the blood-brain barrier, more stuff gets in the brain, more beta amyloid gets produced, more plaque gets developed, yeah. and more brain dysfunction occurs over the years. That's Alzheimer's. Right. And so the question is, why is this bacteria getting into the brain? Yeah, well, and what's, the, what's causing the tear or whatever it is? Exactly. What's causing the tear? That's what the book's all about. Hmm. You know, for example, there are many studies that show that a sensitivity to wheat... And gluten can cause tears in the blood-brain barrier. Uh, dairy, the protein in dairy called casein, is renowned for causing tears in the blood-brain barrier. There are many studies on this. And actually, I came across two studies that were, were identifying that casein may be causing the uh, tear in the blood-brain barrier, allowing the molecules to get inside the brain, and they accumulate in the area where the breathing centers are in the brain. And they're theorizing that may be a common cause for sudden infant death syndrome. And that it hmm. may be a sensitivity to dairy, and specifically the casein in dairy. Hmm. Well. And so what do you do? Well, you do a blood test to see, do you have a sensitivity to dairy? If you do, stop eating dairy. Yeah. Because you're you're causing a terror in your blood-brain barrier. Yeah, I mean there's there's some simple things like that that make a world of difference. So that'd be the same with like wheat intolerance, um, dairy, obviously. Um, yes. So we look for a specialist in our in our area region for for these sort of blood tests. Is that what you'd recommend? Or well, the 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 uh, specialty doctors that know a little more about this, some of them do, and some of them know quite a bit, are functional medicine doctors. Okay. Uh, the the doctors who are really studying how do we how do we determine what's happening in the body and why is it happening, as opposed to just trying to get rid of the symptoms that someone might have. Well, as as a, as a measure of prevention, I guess with uh, right. uh, an interest in uh, longevity and health, um, it makes sense to sort of you know go out and and explore this a little bit more. Um, I'm certainly fascinated by. It. 
That's exactly right. And when, when you read the books, you see all the science and the everyday examples that I give, and you, and you say, well, this just makes sense. And then you write down the information, and I put the websites in there to go to to look for more information, and you download some of this information, you take it to your doctor, and they've never heard of this. Hmm. And if, if they're open, you say, here, just take this and read it. I'll come back in a week or two. Just take this and read it. And they come back. you come back and say, well, I never knew about this, but this just makes sense. And then perhaps the doctor will order the test for you. Okay. So just just without going um, out there and, and getting blood tests done and, and trying to you know uh, figure out how to prevent certain things from happening to us in the long run, what are the, because I know you've got a bunch of different processes, practices, ideas, and, and thoughts even uh, on how to, you know, um, the common person can just start um, living a healthier life to help prevent some of these things from happening. Yes, yes. So I just well, want to delve into, yeah, what, what do you recommend for people to, to be consuming and how they should be living their life? Yeah. Uh, well, the first thing is get educated. You've mm. got to get educated on this because what's happening in the world today has never before happened in the history of humanity in terms of our health. Our health will never go back to the way it was 10 years ago. And the problems of 10 years ago, we'll look back on those and say, oh, those were much easier to deal with than what we have now. It'll never go back to the old way. And what do I mean by that? The Journal of Pediatrics published a paper, and they showed that the average in the United States, I don't know about Australia, but I'm sure it's not quite, not it's not very different. Um, it's two, 250 pounds of toxic chemicals per person per day are being dumped in the United States. How is that? Like, what's, I don't even know what a pound to um, grams. So like what's, what's the conversion? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know the conversion. I mean, that, it just sounds like a lot. And um, Oh, it's, it's, it's a tremendous amount. Uh, let's just go to that great computer in our hands, Google, and say convert 250 pounds into kilograms. So 250 pounds. Here's what I found on the web for NC. Convert 250 pounds. Okay, and my uh, my assistant, Siri, 100, says... 113 kilograms? There, there you go. go. Yeah, uh-huh, that's Bloody right. Hell. So 113 kilograms of toxic chemicals per person per day. How, is this, how is this being dumped? Oh, it's it's in the air, it's in the water, it's being sprayed on the crops, it's... It's the plastics. Uh, 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 there are okay. thousands right. and thousands of tons of this stuff every day that are being dispensed in the United States into the environment. Every newborn child in America that they check has on average 180 toxic chemicals in their bloodstream at birth Almost that aren't enough. supposed yeah. to be there. Yeah. They're not supposed to be there. And many of them are neurotoxins. They affect the brain development. And then we wonder why the incidence of autism is going through the roof. And you say, well, you know, it's a better test. No, it's not. People's brains are being more damaged by the amount of toxic chemicals. They did a study in, I think it was Norway. It might have been Denmark, but I think it was Norway. Hmm. The government commissioned a study. Should we recommend that women not breastfeed a first baby? And it's like, What? Breast milk is good for you. Hmm. Yeah, no, right, doesn't make sense. But here's why, is that uh, people in Norway and Denmark 
eat a lot of fish. Yeah. The fish come from the fjords. The fjords are long and narrow and deep. And farmers have been uh, spraying their crops with PCBs and DDT for 40 years now. And the rain just washes these chemicals down into the water, into the fjords. And the fish absorb the PCBs. And then you eat the fish, you get PCBs. Now, there is no evidence anywhere that the amount of PCBs in one fish is going to make you sick. But if you have a system that doesn't break down and get rid of these foreign chemicals when you eat the fish, they accumulate in your body. And where do the PCBs accumulate? They accumulate in the hormone-related cells that these chemicals are called endocrine-disrupting chemicals. That's hormone-disrupting chemicals. So for women, that's the cells that love estrogen, like the breasts and the brain. For men, it's the cells that love testosterone, like the testes. Yeah. And, and the result, um, so now a woman gets pregnant, and she's been accumulating PCBs for 25 years, and she gets pregnant, has a healthy pregnancy, has a healthy delivery. But now her body is told, okay, let's make some milk now. Breast cells, it's time to start making milk. And the breasts make milk, the mammary cells in the breast make milk from the storage of fat in the breast. That's, that's why breasts are larger for women than for men. Supposed to be they, the fat cells are there to produce milk after pregnancy and when they deliver. Well, the fat cells are where... The PCBs have been stored for 25 years. So these women who eat fish regularly get a little bit of PCB, no big deal, but they get stored in the fat cells of the breast. Now those fat cells are making the milk for the baby, and the milk that's coming out of mom is loaded with PCBs, highly, highly toxic Hmm. with PCBs. So the government did a three-year commission. It was supposed to have been six months, but it went almost three years. And it was, there was so much politics involved with it. And then they finally came out and said, breastfeeding is more important in a first pregnancy. And I agree with that, but with a caveat. And that is every woman of childbearing age needs to learn how to detox her breast before she gets pregnant to get this crud out of the fat cells so that you don't give it to your baby and you protect your baby's brain. Yeah, right. Okay. Hmm. And so that's, that's the benefit of this whole story is that women learn how to detox their brains. For men, the same thing. They did a meta-analysis. A meta-analysis is when you look at a whole bunch of studies on one subject. And the subject was sperm count in healthy men. Not in infertile men, but in healthy men. What's a sperm count like now compared to in the past? And they looked between 1974 and 2011. So in that 37-year period, what did they find? They found that there's been a 59% reduction in sperm count in the last 37 years in healthy men. Now, that doesn't mean anything to anyone until you learn that scientists worry about extinction of a species because they can't reproduce when sperm count uh, diminishes by 72%. And we're we're at 59% in 37 years. What do you think is going to happen in the next 20 years? Yeah. It's not it's not going to get better. And these are the things that are happening to our society today from all of these toxic chemicals that we're exposed to that don't make us sick in the moment, but over the long term they cause tremendous problems yeah. for our our children, our children's brains, 
our ability to reproduce. Why, why did the Romans, uh, who, who conquered the Romans? No one conquered the Romans. They went extinct yeah. in the 400 ADs. Why? They started putting uh, water pipes through Rome to carry the water through Rome, and they were lead pipes. And they put lead in the wine. They started putting lead in the wine and lead in the water. They got lead poisoning, which made them infertile. They lost sperm. And the result was the Romans went extinct. Hmm. That's, that's what we're up against is that type of thing. There you go. So we're looking at, de- at detoxing the brain, and it's, it's a lot larger, obviously, than um, you know, simply looking at some of the foods we eat, but looking at, at, at how we're living it and what we're, uh, our environment looks like, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, yeah, where do we start? Like, what, is a, what does a detox look like? Let me give you an example here. You know, you, you, you go to the coffee shop and you buy a coffee, and uh, you walk out with it, and you're sipping it through the lid. Well, the steam from the hot beverage rises in the cup. It condenses on the underside of the lid. It drips back down into the coffee full of an endocrine-disrupting chemical called BPA, bisphenol A. Mm -hmm. You put the coffee cup up to your lips, and the hot liquid hits the entire underside of the lid, tapers down into the opening. You drink it full of bisphenol A, BPA. BPA binds onto your estrogen and testosterone receptor sites. This goes on all day, every day, hmm. the exposures we have. So yeah. what do you do? Well, what you learn in the book is that you get stainless steel coffee mugs, and you go to the coffee shop and say, fill it up, please, and you use your own coffee mugs. And you stop using the plastic ones because the plasticizers in the coffee cup, in the lid, are dripping back down into the coffee full of these toxic chemicals that accumulate in your body. Okay. To get rid so of the plastics. Have, that's right. We have to learn how to do that. And uh, uh, it's, a, it's a, a huge undertaking. It's an overwhelming undertaking. And that's why I say in the book, just one hour a week to the best memory, productivity, and sleep you've ever had. You just allocate one hour a week to learning about all of this. Oh, it's okay. over. It's overwhelming if you try to do it all at once. But what happens now in six months, you've got this down. You've changed a lot of little habits. You're not using the plastic containers in your kitchen anymore. You've got glass containers instead. Uh, you're, you're not using plastic wrap on your food. You know, you're using uh, paper wrap. Uh, you've learned a bunch of little things to do uh, that just reduce the toxicity that you and your family are exposed to. Wow. I mean, it seems it seems so insignificant, doesn't it? Because we just are to- well, I'm totally unaware of it, and you know, I, I I have a bit more of awareness, I guess, in recent years. But I still put that class- plastic wrap over my food and think, you know, what what is it really going to do? Um, yeah, right. It's not it's not a big deal. You know, what's it really going to do? Well, yeah, the, exactly. The, the phthalates, the phthalates in the plastic wrap get into the chicken. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. You, and then you eat the chicken tomorrow. It's no big deal. You don't get sick. But the phthalates accumulate in your body, and it's the accumulative effect over the years That's causing that your immune, the system, your immune system says, enough, enough, and your immune system starts attacking this stuff. But if the phthalates are attached to your testicles, your immune system starts attacking your testicles, and then you get an autoimmune disease of your testicles. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not an immune system that's gone crazy. It's an immune system that's trying to protect you 
from the environmental toxins that we're exposed to. Yeah, yeah. So just just quickly, I know there's, um, yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. Educate yourself um, and, you know, spend an hour a week uh, doing so. Um, so that makes sense with that claim uh, in the title of your book now. So thanks for that, that clarification. Um, just quickly, what, what, as far as diet goes, what, what do you recommend there? Like, is there uh, consciously, what should we be thinking about when we're putting food into our mouths? Yeah, you bet. You bet. There's a number of different levels to answer the question. The first level, the most important level, is that every disease that we know of, almost every disease, is a disease of inflammation. At the cellular level, the cell is on fire. It's just a question. Is it a kidney cell or a brain cell? Is it gasoline or kerosene? But the cell's on fire. So the first rule of thumb is stop throwing gasoline on the fire. And, you know, that sounds simple, but it's so profound because the most common toxic uh, uh, inflammatory thing that we're exposed to is what's on the end of your fork. Yeah. What you're eating is triggering so much of the inflammation in your body. And it's critical that we start learning what foods really work for us and what foods don't. And people... When when they do this, when they do this three week protocol that's in our book, okay. When you do when you do this three week pro, you just notice you start feeling different, and it's it's quite remarkable for most people. And the three week protocol is avoid all wheat, all dairy, all sugar. Just get those three things out of there for three weeks. You won't die. I promise you won't die. Well, I got to have my cheese. No, you don't. Well, I like it. Of course you like it, but you don't have to have it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and when you do a couple of weeks, three weeks without this stuff, what you notice, your brain starts working more clearly, your, your blood sugar is more stable, you sleep better, you're more awake, you're more alive. You say, wow, that's really something. Then you go out and have a pizza, and the next day you're as sick as a dog. You're just, oh, I feel so terrible. What's, oh, my gosh, I ate that pizza. Could that? No, no, that can't be. Come on, that can't be it. And then the patient comes in and says, oh, doc, I ate this pizza and I felt so sick. And I say, good for you. Congratulations. Now you know. Now you know. No one will ever be able to convince you otherwise. When you eat this, you feel like that. So stop eating that stuff. You become so used to it, don't we? Hmm. We do. We Hmm. do. And there there are addictive qualities to it that many of us like. Yeah, well, mate. Look, um, yeah, I, I realise the uh, the time constraints here, but um, we want to encourage the guys to pick up uh, the copies of your books. So I'm going to stick both links in the show notes, guys. So check it out at thehiddenwhy.com um, and start educating yourself a bit more. If it's well, it should be an area of interest, I'm sure. But um, yeah, if you're fascinated about this, which I am, um, certainly it'd be worth a read and, and delving deeper um, into the work of Dr. Tom. So, Dr. Tom, thanks for uh, sharing. Oh, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. Now, mate, I've got some quick round questions I ask all guests, so uh, let's see uh, if we can get through these. The first question is, do you have any rituals or routines that you believe contribute to your success? Oh, the first thing, everyone wakes up in the morning and uh, they go to the bathroom. Almost everyone goes to the bathroom first thing. The very next thing you do, the very next thing, drink two big glasses of water. Just walk out in the kitchen and get two big glasses of water right away and uh, I'm dating myself, but the cars, you know, I, I grew up in Detroit uh, in the 60s and 70s with muscle cars. And um, in those cars, you always had to check the gas, uh, the fuel, 
Uh, you check the water in the radiator, and you also pull the caps off the battery to check the water in the batteries because your nervous system um, needs water to hydrate, to carry the juice, to carry the juice in your body. So you have two big glasses of water first thing when you wake up in the morning every day. And that just starts you off and it gets you going. That's a good one. Yeah, I love it. Um, and, and from a glass rather than a bottle and see, that's where I can probably change my ways. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, well, a, a plastic bottle at least anyway. But um, yeah. what, what is your definition of a success? Um, a definition of success is, for me, knowing that I'm making an impact in the world. What advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Be patient, be uh, calm, breathe with all the craziness of life. Um, always do good in the world. Treat people the way you'd want to be treated. You know, the golden rule. Just live by the golden rule and be kind to yourself. What is uh, one tool uh, one tool or practice that has helped improve your productivity or effectiveness most greatly? There's a Tibetan word called Maitri, M-A-I-T-R-I. And nothing has helped me um, uh, as much as living by Maitri as, as, as often as I can. And it stands for loving kindness and an unconditional friendship with oneself. That no one is more important to be taken care of than yourself. That doesn't mean being egotistical, but you really need to take care of yourself before you're much good to anybody else. Hmm. So be, be kind to yourself, take care of yourself, and then go out in the world and do good. Yeah, I like that one. Well explained. What, what is one bit of advice you'd give someone uh, looking to make some change in their life? Live by the golden rule. Live by the golden rule. You do that and uh, uh, your life works out very well. Yeah. So what, if I was to serve you your last meal, what would you request? <laughs> Risotto and Toraldigo. I'm half Italian, so an Italian wine called Toraldigo and a really good risotto. Toraldigo. Yes. It's called the wine of princes. Okay. Never heard of it before. There you go. Uh, what, what leisure activity gives you the greatest sense of joy? The greatest sense of joy? Um, seeing the sparkle in my granddaughter's eye, my two-year-old granddaughter's eye, just seeing that sparkle of life and unabashed love uh, come through her it brings me great joy. What is one book you'd pass down to your granddaughter or your children or future generations? The Autoimmune Fix, without question. If you could tweet or text uh, everyone a message in the world, what would that message be, a quote or a message? Well, that's an interesting question. Let's see. If you could tweet the entire world, what would you want to say? Uh, uh, is a tweet limited to a number of words? No. <laughs> 180, 180 characters, no. Uh, I don't know. 180 characters. But 
Um, the creed that I live by is a poem by uh, George Bernard Shaw. And uh, it really, um, I think it's just, well, it's, it's my creed in life. This is the true joy in life, the being used for a purpose, recognized by yourself as a mighty one, the being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances complaining the world will not devote itself to making you happy. I am of the opinion that my life belongs to the whole, and it is my privilege to do for it whatever I can. Life is no brief candle to me. It is a sort of splendid torch that I have a hold of for the moment and want to make burn as brightly as possible before passing it on to future generations. Yeah, it's a nice one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I'll um, stick that in the show notes, guys, so check it out and have a read of it again. It's worth, worth reading again. Do you believe we all have a hidden why or a purpose in life? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, this is the true joy in life, the being used for a purpose, recognized by yourself as a mighty one. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. If this fires you up and it brings you joy, as long as you don't hurt people, it doesn't matter what it is. If that's your passion, then that's what you do. So looking at um, you know, living a life with passion and purpose, what does that mean to you? Putting one foot in front of the other and, and completing what's right in front of me to do. And if you could describe the underlying motivation behind everything you do, what would that be? Uh, the theme that I just read, uh, I just quoted to you, George Bernard Shaw's poem, This is the True Joy in Life. Okay. Pleasure. Uh, absolute pleasure, Dr. Tom. Thanks for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you. And for me also, thank you very much for the so opportunity. People go to the, the doctor.com. Is that where they go to check you out and yeah. connect? Yeah. Yeah. It's the dr.com. Don't spell the word doctor out. Just the dr.com. The dr.com. Cool. I'll stick the links in the show notes, guys. Check it all out. Uh, make sure you pick up a copy of the, the new book and the other one as well. Um, certainly uh, a book to read and, and uh, educate yourself on because it's uh, yeah, very, very important topic. And um, yeah, the research by... These guys is obviously um, helping show a lot of signs on how we can better improve our health uh, over the long term. So uh, it's, it's great stuff. So check it out, thehiddenwire.com. Dr. Tom, until next time. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Peace, passion, purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. 
You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link and help support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there, breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose. And in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is The Hidden Why. My name is Liam Arnutzi. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.